This is the No Shit Show. My name is Conrad. I'm uh, one of the co-hosts, and I don't really have uh, a factoid about me other than it's been a while since we recorded, and uh, a lot has happened uh, personally, online, whatever, wherever you want to look. There's just been a lot happen. And I know my co-host, uh, Michelle, has had some of the same, if not more so, uh, events happen in her life. So, Yeah, my name is Michelle, and it's been a, you know, really hard to put other than a shitty few months. Because, <laughs> like, I, I commented the other day, I feel like death's been following me around. Because so many people have passed in my life, including my father, um, unexpectedly back in August. And it's just is one person after another. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so, yay, we're starting I, off on a high note. We're still right. Today. <laughs> now that the audience is super depressed. Um, no, I, I, I just want to, you know, I want to say a few words. Um, you know, we lost some people on Twitter that we'd followed for a while that were part of the ag Twitter sphere. Um <laughs> And some some amazing people, uh, Brad Peel, who is uh, also an Illinoisan, and uh, was one of the first people I remember following on Twitter, and just a, a really good person. I know we talked in DM a few times, and it was always, um, you know, he's kind of a grumpy guy at times, like myself. So we had that common ground, and being from Illinois, and. Uh, you know, a lot of people really liked Brad, and he, he was just a great person. Um, and Chris Nara, can you help me with that last name, Michelle? Boy, you're trying to really like, <laughs> on the spot. Uh, Chris Narayanan, Narayanan is, I think, how you pronounced his last name. Yeah, um, another another fabulous person. Um, you know, he and I had exchanged numbers, and we never got to talk, and I. We talked about him having him on the show. I was looking forward to that conversation so much. He was, they're both great men, um, but Chris definitely, he, he had an interesting, uh, how his careers were conforming in, into what he was working for. It was just amazing. And it's just, you can never predict what's going to happen. It's no. And we, we lost a family member, myself, Amanda Pinkritz, and I want to give a shout-out to her family. Um, Amanda, and it's hard to explain this in, you know, 280 characters on the Internet, but, you know, Amanda had been essential for me and my kids. Um, mm -hmm. She, you know, had watched my kids for uh, close to six years. Um now she lived in a different school district so this presented a whole different set of challenges for us and she actually worked in that school district so uh, for the school and she would get off 
work at three and my kids would ride the bus to the town that I live in and she would drive 20 minutes as you know readily as she could up to pick up my kids and then drive 20 minutes back um you know every day and and she would you know refuse money constantly and I would make her take it anyway and you know, I mean, it, it's not expensive to drive, you know, 40 minutes a day, five days a week. Uh-huh. And then there were plenty of times in the spring and fall when I would work till all hours of the night. And, you know, she would either meet me at home to drop my kids off or have them ready to be picked up and would take them at six in the morning when I needed to come in early. And she she made our life work. And uh you know, it was really hard losing her to uh, to cancer, and um, you know, it was a funny thing it, or a strange thing. Some of the medication she was on for some other issues were suppressing um, her cancer diagnosis, and when she came off those off that medication, it actually the cancer manifested and symptoms started to show up and by then it was too late i just want to say to all those people out there that lost someone or have lost someone during this pandemic um you know we're thinking about you we are all in this together um take care of each other love each other and uh and be good to each other it's been really you know what's the word i'm looking for like you know me i forget my words a lot just humbling like how precious life is and it's and i mentioned people just constantly going i've had prominent members of my community pass one from cancer two from covid Mm -hmm. um a student passed in the last week and then you know my dad piled on top of it and that wasn't even counting last year i lost two former students to one to suicide in a car accident and i just sat down the other night and i started thinking everyone you know and it's just amazing and you know there's you know you, you you learn to you know really recognize that you know spending more time with your kids and your family is more important than being at work and Sometimes you have to be at work, which I, I, you know, I'd love to skip out on that, but you know, (laughs) it's just like my dad going, you know, I mentioned it was, it was unexpected and expected at the same time. Um, you know, he was, you know, he's from the lost generation. He was not a boomer. He was before that he was older. He, um, he was 40 when I was born. And so it's a very stoic group and whatever was going on with him, you know, he, he hid. And so we're learning, for us, it was unexpected. For him, maybe not so much. Um, he had planned every detail out. We'd found notes all over the house, what to do, how to split things up. And uh, I'll probably tear up telling you this, but, uh, you know, um, <laughs> my son has a really shitty grandfather on one side and it was not my dad. And so my father really took to heart that he was the grandfather who had to really guide my son and so all growing up my dad had this den and he would have Declan they'd watch these boring war shows constantly on all the history channels and my dad would sit on his chair with him and they'd watch the show and he'd tell my son stories 
And what we learned after my father died was these stories were really maps to where to find things in my dad's office after he passed. Oh, wow. And it was fascinating. And my son, you know, he got down there about five days after my dad passed away. And the first thing he did, um, go into my dad's office and you know when you went to his office you couldn't help but cry because it smelled like him and everything of his was in there it was a fucking fire danger too don't get me wrong for a man who always stressed us the importance of never starting a fire of keeping things away from him he had boxes and boxes of paper since 1962 <laughs> and to keep warm because he wouldn't turn on the heater he had chicken brooding lights in there oh my god <laughs> But, you know, my mom my mom would bitch should be a winner and you could see your breath in the house and she'd be like I'm so cold and the whole time he had these fucking lights in there <laughs> oh my gosh that's great I'm just like and I'm just amazed that like it never just lit up one day but yeah I forget where I was going but my son man he he knew exactly where to go and he pulled out so much stuff that was left for him and his siblings and you know, it's when you really, truly find out how great someone was, because all these things you didn't know about just come out of the word work. And, you know, the man can be a grumpy asshole sometimes, like 80 percent of the time. But, you know, <laughs> that's that, that's that's how dads are. And, you know, and fuck, I miss him so much because I thought there was going to be longer. And, you know, my mom bless her heart every time you know something was going on with dad for the last 20 years she'd call me i think this is it and so i finally got to the point where like i hope she doesn't listen to this because she'll probably feel guilty and i don't want her to feel guilty was the day before when i got a call from someone in the family that something's going on um I was like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, he's fine. And, you know, looking back, I should have gotten in my truck and started driving because I would yeah. have at least been there the last few hours. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure. But man, you know, what a fucking great life he lived. And, you know, it's just amazing. I look at baby pictures of him and everyone's gone from that group. And it's just life keeps going on and the world keeps going on. And it's it's weird to me. I'm having a hard time with that. You know that the world goes on, but it's not the same for me anymore. I think as you get older, things get taken from you. Mm -hmm. And when you're in your 20s and early 30s, or at least for me, I can't speak for everybody else because I'm, I know there's people that have experienced loss and I did experience loss, but it just seems to happen a lot more as you age. The people you know, you grew up with, you looked up to, um, start to fade away. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the great Jack Buck said, um, who is one of my personal heroes. Uh, you go and you go and you go, and then one day you're gone. And, uh, you know, it, it was amazing. I planned... We'd been planning a trip to Florida um, for since last summer. And, you know, events in life happened. COVID stopped us last summer. Um, you know, family uh, health issues with, uh, with a parent stopped us this winter. Uh -huh. and we finally, you know, last minute, 
threw it together and we were down in Florida and the first day we were at Magic Kingdom and I mean it poured rain to the point where we were walking through like six inches of water to get out of the park. Yeah. I mean it was just phenomenal. And we get to the station um and on the on the way to the station I get the text from you about your dad um to the monorail and i was you know i was devastated and i you know wanted to call you so bad and i couldn't right then and then like literally less than an hour later my best friend texted me and he lost his oldest stepson who was 20 avery and um that was like I mean, just both of those things happening, you know, and I'm feel, I'm sitting here in Florida in Disney World and I'm like, man, I feel like a, just a total asshole just for being where I'm at when the people I'm closest to are suffering, you know, and I'm supposed to be down here having a good time with my kids and it, this feels weird and wrong and <clears throat> it, uh, but I... <sighs> I want. I think that's all like where you should be with your kids. Like, I think everyone who lost anyone that day would know that that's where you should be. Yeah, you're you're right, and I. It's just it just felt selfish at that moment, and you know it. Uh, I'd like to share a quick story, and I will edit this out because I'm going to ask my friend after. If it's okay if I share this, and so if it gets edited out, it gets edited out. If you're hearing it. I hope you appreciate this. Um, Avery had killed himself. He was 20 years old. And he, uh, I'm, when I got back from vacation, I went and saw his parents and spent time with them. And they shared with me a story that really touched me. Um, Avery's grandfather is a coin collector. Anyway, they were, he was walking into the grocery store with his grandson um, when his grandson was 10 years old and there was a dime on the ground and it wound up being a, I don't know, like some kind of a special dime because it was, you know, from the forties or thirties. I don't remember that detail, but the dime had significance to his grandfather and his grandfather gave it to his grandson fast forward a decade and when they when they emptied out Avery's pockets um, that dime was in his pocket oh wow you think about that something so small Uh and so easy to lose or accidentally spend or I mean a million things and you know to have that in your pocket all through your teens yeah you know what I mean and never lose it um, it's amazing how the smallest thing can change someone's life or mean oh. so much to them. It really hit me how how precious that is and how amazing that is and how something that, you know, those of you listening that you might have even done today could mean the world to someone else and you mm-hmm. may not realize it. So, anyway, um, 
Sorry, okay. I'm sitting here. If I say anything more, I'll start, you know, sobbing <laughs> uncontrollably. I already had that last night. Um, you know, if, if any of you haven't watched it, watch Black Mass on Netflix. And, you know, it's a seven-episode series. And to build up to the end, like, they had this great monologue about what death and the death means. And it was... Um, and I've shared this before, before my dad died, a few years before my dad died, he had called me and I was in Costco and he told me that, you know, cause I was sa sad that I hadn't seen him. I think it was during COVID. So maybe not a few years ago. I like, I didn't, I was sad that I wasn't getting to see him. And he just reminded me that like, you know, whenever he looks at a picture of me, I'm right there. We don't have to be with each other that whenever we think of each other with, with each other. And he wanted me to remember that, that after he was gone, that's always what it is. And so the monologue at the end of midnight mass was along those same words and about how we're all really part of the big cosmos of things. And like, and I was sitting there watching it, watching it and, and Jeff's chattering in bed, like, Oh, do you know the person in the show used to be on this TV show? And I'm like, shut up. I'm trying to listen to this monologue. <laughs> and he's like, no clue. Like, you know, these profound words are being said. And I was like waving him off. <laughs> And the monologue's over, and I just burst into loud, ugly sobs. And um, Jeff is a great man. He does many great things. He's a great provider for our children, but he does not know how to comfort a crying woman. And he just stared at me in absolute horror. Like... <laughs> sorry are was... you okay and i was like <laughs> i couldn't even get words out and like i saw my dad in his head and he's like okay okay good night <laughs> oh, and, and that's honestly like perfect because that's how my dad comforted you know my dad was an engineer and he always joked about the awkward the the awkward engineer side hugs you'd get the side hug and like a pat mm -hmm. and that's how he was like if you were crying it'd be like a double pat on the shoulder that's nice honey well anyway <laughs> <laughs> is it out of your system now so that's honestly the best way to comfort me over my dad is that awkward it's okay <laughs> double tap <laughs> oh my okay well let's <laughs> Hey, we've got a uh, let's let's move on to some good news. Uh, we got a sponsor. Yay! Oh, and uh, I think you're going to take care of that right now for us. Yes, we have the best sponsor. He sends me the best sticky notes. Intense. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. He's <laughs> okay. getting it right under the way. All right. This episode of the No Shit Show was sponsored by Quartzite Ricks. Risk Management LLC. That's Q-U-A-R-T-Z-I-T-E. Does marketing take too much of your time and energy? Do you find it hard to stay informed and disciplined? Do you get caught in the market's emotional traps? Quartzite can help. We designed our Quartzite Precision Marketing Strategy for producers who want a disciplined and flexible risk management and marketing strategy for their business. Quartzite charges by the acre, not by the contract. So you can be confident that we base our decisions on your interest, not some monthly quota or an impending boat payment. Now is the time to start considering your 2022 marketing and risk management. Interested? Start the conversation at www.courtsiteriskmanagement.com backslash 
no shit. New customers and no shit show listeners who express their interest will receive 10% off their 2022 advisory fees. Quartzite Risk Management, rock solid solutions for modern markets. Quartzite, Q-U-A-R-T-Z-I-T-E. You did that absolutely so much better than I could. Uh, and I am sorry, James. I only read the first two paragraphs. <laughs> he said it to me. I'm like, looks good. Looks good. <laughs> no, I, I read it all the way through, but it's been a little while because I feel really bad. Like, look, I think we made this agreement a month ago. <laughs> we still hadn't recorded. So, but yeah, Quartzite is there. Awesome. James is awesome. And again, you know, excellent swag from him. He, he messaged me once in a while for swag ideas. So I'm like really helping you guys out if you become his customers. And again, his sticky notes are the best. And I know because I, I take him to work. And I know if someone stole, got into my room and stole off my desk, because I'll suddenly see a quartzite sticking up by use, being used by another teacher, and I hunt them down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, where'd you get the sticky notes? Those aren't yours. <laughs> well, James and I share a few customers, and I will tell you that he gets high marks. So, um, you know, he's he's a good dude. We've been friends with James for quite a while. Um, he's definitely a detail-oriented guy. Whereas I am not detail oriented at all, so I can see why he sticky notes would be uh, swag that he would uh, definitely put out there. Where I would never think of. I don't. I even, love sticky notes. I'm like, get t-shirts and hats and whatever. I don't care. He also sent me these really awesome water cans, but my kids like co-opted them. So like, and I have to like go in their rooms and steal them back. They were great. They keep they keep water cold for a really long time. Okay, so James is sending you a lot more stuff than he sends me. <laughs> well, I, wouldn't you like to know? I, <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no, yeah, that was one. So, and, and, and I hate to think, I'm just trying to get a bunch of swag out of things because I know like that's one of my ongoing social media jokes is how I don't get a lot of swag, and that's okay. <laughs> as much as I complain about never getting hats, I still manage to own 50 hats because you know you go to somewhere and you're like, oh, I'll buy a hat. And next thing you know, I have a hat for Yellowstone National Park that I've never worn, and I went there five years ago. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we still talk about posts on this show, by the way. So let's start off with one of your tweets, because uh, I really like this topic. Um, and it, it, you said topic for the next no shit show. Is it OK for celebrities to share their politics? Is it OK only for one side? You want to go into details as to what inspired that tweet? All right. So I so I was just scrolling through Facebook one day. And that's how I get some of our current events we talk about because like things come up. And for some reason, you know, an ad for this Fox News ad popped up and it was compl Alyssa Milano complaining about Jason Aldean. I'm like, OK, yeah, let's see what let's see what like a has been child star is bitching about a a country star who either people love or hate. And so and it was just it was funny because I was kind of like reading it and honestly, like. I don't agree politically with either one of them. One's far right, one's far left. But I thought it was really interesting that he was mad that he was sharing his politics because she said, um, country star Jason Aldean used to keep his politics private. Now his toddlers are on Instagram wearing anti-Biden t-shirts. So, like, yeah. I, I don't know. So you share your pol she shares her politics very openly. So 
I'm assuming that if his uh, politics aligned with her, she wouldn't be bitching. And also the screams of, I need to use a more popular celebrity to get me some airtime. And then I guess I'm feeding right into it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, you know, I've never understood the rigmarole and the whole angst people get uh, about celebrities um, over their political views. I I understand that uh, many celebrities lean left to maybe crazy left. I, I don't really care. Um, how, you know, I, I don't, because it, it doesn't have anything to do with me, I guess, you know, that that's my, like, I couldn't even tell you a film Alyssa Milano was ever in. And I don't know who, Jason Aldean is either, to be honest with you. I don't listen to country music. But I have seen, like, for instance, Sam Elliott, who, you know, rewind four or five years ago, you know, he's about his man's man and, you know, he's country, does a lot of westerns on a popular Netflix show that's a, you know, rule show. And, you know, he speaks out in favor of Biden and all of a sudden everybody hates him. Well, why? And he never exactly hid his political affiliations, but he was never really, you know, and he still is. And all he did was just one ad and suddenly people acted like he was, you know, out there screaming from the from the the rooftops. But if you're expecting your favorite celebrity to agree with you on everything, you're going to have a miserable life. Like if you can't watch a fucking movie just because you know the politics of the actors are a little bit different than yours or way different from yours you know you're gonna have a hard time in life it's not gonna be enjoying and sometimes you just and these are the same people who would probably bitch well are we all allowed to have different opinions but then you know it's the conversation that went on like you know it's the same people who bitch about cancel culture that you know protest nfl for a quarterback kneeling or you know boycott movies because some dudes in it that you know voted for obama and it's just a bunch of hypocrisy i don't know how to frame this but by people that i thought were my friends i've been made to feel like i am some kind of weirdo because i think that that stuff is irrelevant Mm -hmm. and i just can't put it together Uh, i don't watch the national anthem when i turn on a football game anyway yeah um i'm you know when i'm at a an event and they play the national anthem i stand it's my choice i'm not looking around to see who other who else is standing or not standing i literally look at the flag i guess maybe that makes me weird but you know my first thought isn't i wonder if all the cheerleaders and football players are standing what about that guy over in 401c that you know was drinking a beer earlier did he did he stand like i i don't i don't give a fuck what other people do um when it comes to the political side of things it's it's their activism and I guess my way of protesting, if you want to frame it this way, is uh, 
I won't be moved from what I like or don't like based on the stupid shit that celebrities and sport athletes say and do. Um, mm-hmm. Most of it's very, very empty. I mean, you, in my opinion, you have to go back to Muhammad Ali to see an athlete that was actually willing to sacrifice everything for their political view. And over at the time, he was vilified worse than probably anyone we have seen in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. But because he stood his ground and didn't cry, poor me, he wound up earning the respect of everyone, those who agreed and disagreed. Yeah. So there's a little life lesson there, maybe, folks. <laughs> do what you want to do. Stand for what you want to stand for, but stand with conviction and be ready to take whatever comes. And yep. he did. I mean, he did. He gave it up. He was willing to die. He was willing to go to jail. And he lost the best three and a half years of his athletic life standing for what he believed in. Honestly, though, like, and, and not making a joke out of it, I think in a way standing up for his beliefs to save his health in the long run, because you think about oh in the years of boxing, yeah. he did. The, the long-term impact like well what a hard sport on the body hard Very sport hard. And, and it's you know yeah he probably fought way too long yeah no no doubt and would that have happened had all that you don't know um but what i do believe is that uh you know so so i guess getting back to you know should celebrities and athletes be able to say whatever they want to say politically absolutely and i will ignore every bit of it because the best way to protest that is to not pay attention to it i guarantee you if and i i can i can damn near guarantee that if colin kaepernick had kneeled and no one paid attention he wouldn't have kneeled but one oh no and it's the same thing with Robert De Niro. Like he, he okay, I, I I love the Godfather movies. I cannot stand Robert De Niro politically. <laughs> All right. Um. So you know what I do? I don't pay attention to Robert De Niro unless he's in a movie I'm watching. I don't give him and a thumbs then, up. He, or he's thumbs acting down. to be some. He's acting to be someone else. So. Uh, right. And so I found that I used to get. I used to get really upset. I like, you know, when someone I didn't agree with was in a movie and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I've learned as I've gotten older, because, like, it really starts, like, and like, obviously movies aren't the only form of in- entertainment, but, like, if you're going to, based on entertaining yourself off of that, you're just really limiting yourself and what you can do. And also just open yourself up to different ideas. And I guess that's something I've become more comfortable with as I've gotten older is hearing different perspectives in a comfortable manner not a fight and i have been able to see things from different perspectives and it has judged my outlook um you know i think a lot of people if they look at me on twitter now versus five on twitter they probably would assume that like i've gone left mm-hmm. <laughs> but honestly i don't think that's what it is I, you know, I i've kind of always been where i am i've always fought the same convictions i have i swear to god this like the parties have shifted 
And as things moved more right extreme or more left extreme, it looks like I've moved left, but really I'm in the same spot I am now. But what I am is I am a little bit more open to listening to other perspectives. Doesn't mean you're going to change my mind. Doesn't mean I have to agree with you. It doesn't mean I I won't empathize with you because for how, and, and I've already mentioned politics is a lot about how, how the decisions of government personally impact you. And so there's this movement out there where people think, well, you should think of the greater good. And, you know, there's a lot of things you have to think of the greater good, but there's also a little bit of self-preservation in there. Just like, you know, especially in local politics, I vote for the people who are not going to restrict how I run my farm. You know, right. I'm an expert. I have to have a degree. I've taken all my chemistry classes and everything. I, I know what chemicals I can and cannot use and when to use them and when to use them safely and what time I'm not supposed to use them and what times a year I'm Ill- not legally allowed to use them. But, you know, you have those politicians who want to put nope, 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 nope. And so I do. I vote for what's in my best interest a lot, too. And you'd be dumb if you didn't. I, I agree. And that this kind of leads us into the next post, which was by me, um, which is, have you ever ended a friendship or relationship over political differences? Was it really worth losing someone? You go ahead. Um. So I've, I'm not sure if you'd really call it political. Um, it has a political lean to it. I don't, you know, if I see my friend posting something that I just disagree with, I'll do two, one thing, two, do two, one of two things usually. I ignore it or I'll make a light joke about it. Like, ha, this is how, you know, blah, blah, this is how it really is. Mm-hmm. The only time I've lost a friendship and it was my childhood best friend. And it was about vaccines. Um, and I had to call off that friendship because it was one of both of our sons were very young. And her son got diagnosed with autism. And she fully believes it was the vaccines that caused it, even though every piece of literature doesn't do that or anything. And so she's kind of went on this real strange tint where it's like you know everything about her is medical freedom and i put that in quotes because it's not and really she's done a deep dive into some major conspiracy theories and you know my youngest almost died from a vaccine preventable illness when she was an infant she had a heart condition couldn't get a few of her vaccines just yet and um someone brought something in her house and it got her sick and it turned into rsv which would have never been triggered if the other illness hadn't been brought in. And all I can think is she thinks that my daughter being dead is better than the impossible chance of having an autistic child. And I just, I couldn't get past that. I really couldn't get past that. And I had to end the friendship. And, you know, maybe that was me being petty or whatever, but to this day, and it's been shit fucking 10 years since that happened, I don't regret it. Every once in a while, my mom brings her up because, you know, our moms were friends too. And I'm just like, I don't want to hear about her because she's still that way. And she's still pushing all that. And she's now like her, none of her kids are vaxxed or anything. And uh, <laughs> the next thing, if I, if I follow through the next thing I, I'm coming to my mind, I will go straight to hell. So I'm going to stop that. But let me just say like, Obviously, it wasn't the vaccines because she had another child recently and hasn't gotten any of her children vaccinated since and still the same issue. So, 
But sorry, long-winded story. I, I have only ended one friendship. I'm not sure if that's necessarily politics, but I feel like that issue has been politicized by both parties, where on the left, you're an awful asshole if you don't do it. And if you you know, my freedoms and, you know, I'm not going to put some experimental thing in my body. And it's, it's more complicated than that. And at the same time, not as black and white. I've had, uh, I've never ended a friendship over political differences or a relationship. I have had people end family and friends end relationships with me because I thought they were stupid. <laughs> um, no, I, they, they, they. I believe they ended the friendships or relationships with me because I'm very pragmatic, especially when it comes to uh, politics and any of that nonsense um i look at it as you know for what it is um i don't hold the office of president on a pedestal to be honest with you um oh uh, let me reframe that i hold the office on a pedestal i don't hold the people who hold the office on a pedestal Uh i i'm not bothered at all by anyone's politics um other than you know people that are super like i'm not gonna listen to a not you know a neo-nazi skinhead for very long uh if at all so you know there, there are extremes of course it's just not a priority for me and i guess i get a little bit tickled at people who make it a priority like it's the end all be all of their life and because i know when i when i can sense that my nature is to constantly pick at the fallacy in their beliefs um and and i i do it with religion i do it with politics i do it with really sensitive subjects with people because you know i'm i'm really curious as to how thick skin they are and what can they take (laughs) and i assume when people leave you know end a relationship with me or in any fashion um that it's simply because they uh lack a uh they lack the fortitude um to handle someone that thinks their beliefs are irrelevant Mm -hmm. and that that may not be a very nice way of putting it but it's kind of how i see it you know i don't it's like uh, i'll look at something like people kneeling before a sporting event okay if the same out next year and kneeled before every every home game mm-hmm. i would still watch listen consume baseball media and be totally enthralled with the season and not give a shit about the kneeling reason for that is i'm not gonna let something like that take away things i enjoy 
going to let someone else's agenda change me. And I think people who do are, are weak. You know, they can't, they just can't get past it. And they're, they're easily manipulated and controlled because of that. And I definitely avoid, um, the status quo almost at all costs. Um, so that, that's my, I guess that's my long winded answer. Um, is that no, I would not end a relationship, but I've certainly been on the receiving end from family, friends, etc. And, you know, uh, so fucking what? Yeah. So anyway, um, do you got the next one? <laughs> well, honestly, I was like, while you're talking, you know what I always do? And I'm okay. always listening and, I, and I'm listening to what you say, but I always kind of scanning other things. And I'm on our community page because, you know, what better while I'm fil- recording the no shit show than to, to, uh, <laughs> to, to see what people in our community are bitching about. So we have a lot of urban refugees lately. Ooh. I call them urban refugees. I, I I hate the term cityets and slitty, city slickers because I really feel like it's just demeaning. And I, I mean, I guess urban refugee is, but I look at an urban refugee as a person trying to get away of the city. They realize they don't like that. I don't think if you're necessarily from a city, you're not mad at an idiot because I definitely know a lot of rural idiots also. But you can always tell a few times a year when we have new people that have moved in from the city. So so there is a very repetition on a loud popping sound on Blank Road, which is the road I live on. It's not Blank Road, you know. Uh, near the fire station that is very annoying. It's going off about every minute since around 6 a.m. that I know of when I'm awakened by it. Does anyone know what it is or where it's coming from? Thank you. And so we have all these people like, oh, I'm hearing it too. What is this? And I'm noticing it's all people new to the community because we have all these new housing developments. Well, what it is, is it's uh, the weather cannons that they put off to kind of dissipate the air um, to prevent frost because it's been frosty this morning and not all the, ha- not all the, um... wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> well, no, no, like... I, you are explaining some shit that I would, I don't need, I, I'm totally unaware of what a fucking weather cannon is. I would be like, I would be a city. Okay. That's, that's the thing. So let me say it is definitely something that's very, I wouldn't say exclusive, but it's an Eastern Oregon, Southern Eastern Washington thing. So what it is, is it's like basically they shoot salt into the atmosphere above it. And what the idea is, it kind of breaks up the weather patterns. So you don't, so A, it prevents um, hail and B, it, you know, can prevent the atmosphere from dipping below freezing. So your, your fruit won't get frozen. That's bad this time of year because we still have, we, um, you know, apples are done, prunes and plums are done, um, cherries were done months ago, but grapes are still out. And so, honestly, this practice, I think it's like the equivalent of people who like burn essential oils or like you know filter yeah, them I'm out here, to I'm thinking, But I it's need, like it's been a practice for like a hundred years here amongst the farmers and so it's always funny when someone new comes to the area because they're you know they're moving to the country expecting peace and quiet and tranquility and suddenly it's boom boom (laughs) 
And I'm so used to it, I don't even notice it anymore. <laughs> so I guess this is more of something that's entertaining to me because I can always be like, oh, honey, you just moved here. Wait till you cure the helicopters at 5 a.m. in cherry picking season. Because like, yeah, if it dips below, because cherries get picked in the spring. And man, these guys, these guys who grow cherries, they they're like your biggest risk takers in agriculture because you get one good crop out of five years. Oh, and, wow. and, and, and so like, cause most of the time their crops will get destroyed. Like it's not uncommon. And so they bank on that one crop for every five years. So anytime anything threatens it, they do, they throw everything they can to prevent their cherries from being destroyed. And so they will hire helicopters to come out on frosty mornings and to fly over the cherries um, because the, the wind movement prevents um, frost from settling in on the individual cherries. And every year you get people, thank you to the asshole flying the helicopter at 5 a.m. You woke me up. <laughs> and we're always <laughs> like, welcome to the country. It's not that quiet and tranquil, is it? <laughs> uh, I have my new... Uh, Bless their hearts. My new urban refugee neighbors, they moved in probably about a year and a half ago and they built a vineyard and a winery and their, and their vineyard looks like shit. <laughs> and I'm not one to talk because my orchard is dead and it looks like shit. I need to finish pulling it out and get reset up for the next thing I'm putting in. Um, literally, I have a I, I have an orchard block that died and I haven't been able to get into it. Or I, I retired and didn't die, but blackberries got in there. And it looks like a jungle because I have blackberries hanging off some of the trees. And I can go harvest the blackberries. Maybe that's what I should do. It's like advertise it as a new farm. We've reclaimed this land and we've taken out the non-native trees and put in blackberries that hang from them. I could fucking sell blackberries for so much. That's a fucking good idea. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a freaking genius. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, so, so I forget where I was going with this story because I completely got sidetracked. Yeah. Oh, my urban refugee neighbors. So, yeah, they have this orchard or a vineyard, and um, they started a tasting room and a winery. And I looked up their property on Airbnb. They converted the garage into an Airbnb where you can sit and look at the vineyards, and they charge you $150 a night <laughs> to sit in the old garage. And then so these, I'm not going to call them assholes, but it's this assholeish behavior. They don't try to contain their chickens. So their chickens are always on the road. And, you know, I've probably accidentally taken any few out myself and I do feel bad, but they aggravate me because on the speed limit sign, they added on a personal chicken crossing sign. And I do not know why, but that chicken crossing sign aggravates the fuck out of me because a, you know, I'm a little rule follower, I guess. And like, you're not supposed to tamper with county signs like speed limit signs. Mm -hmm. And B, I want your fucking chickens out of the road. It's not cute. So, yeah, you know, if one day there's a dick drawn on that chicken crossing sign, I don't know where that came from. I think that you should, I should come visit. <laughs> we can draw a dick on the sign and run over the chickens and make some stew. <laughs> it's not the chicken's fault. Honestly, what I would do, I need new chickens because my chickens are old and they stopped laying a year ago. <laughs> they oh, they to make soup. <laughs> yeah, I might go steal their chickens because, I mean, to me, if it's on the road, it's free property. Anyway, I really, like, just took over the podcast right there with a story, you know, that is really 
Eastern Oregon specific on our crazy, crazy ways. I'm, we are truly, we are truly the sand people from Star Wars. I'm totally triggered about <laughs> the shooting the <laughs> into the air to change the the weather patterns. Like I'm gonna need some see some fucking it's about dry. microclimate so you know i actually looked it up such a and there's place. actually no evidence that it really works of it just not. makes people feel better yeah and these guys will start i remember oh. when i first heard it i was my house wasn't ready my farm wasn't ready when i first bought so um this guy who owns the biggest apple place um he let me live in his grandpa's house for a while. That's a whole other story. I mean, I don't believe in gross, but I swear his grandpa was there. He was kind of a creepy old dude. Like everyone told me that. And I swear his ghost was watching me in the bathtub every night. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'm like staying there and it's the middle of summer. And suddenly I hear bam, bam, bam. And it was a, it was a rainstorm outside. And I'm like, what is that? And someone had to explain to me these cannons that they use to break up the chance of having hail. And these guys swear by it. And I guess, you know, I guess it's, even though there's no evidence that really works, it makes them feel better. And I guess if, hey, they're still getting a good crop after doing it, might as well keep the tradition going. <sighs> We're a superstitious bunch out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be beyond what I'm my core capacities for handling bullshit. I I I would be a total dick. <laughs> well, really people would. are mad on the community page, but I'm no, laughing. I wouldn't be on the community. I wouldn't do it that way. See, I would do it more in person, gas station, and I would just like stand next to him and go, boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> sorry i was just trying to prevent assholes <laughs> well you know and it goes back to like you have some farmers that i think that for kind of forget how to relate to people so the property just east of me uh sold a few years ago and we were like patiently waiting to see who was going to move in um we heard a house was going to be built my neighbors across the street who long issues with them were trying to get me to agree with them to block the house coming in because if i agreed with them they weren't going to give them a permit to run the electric and i'm like you know that's a dick move they can run the electric off of mine that's fine it's actually best not to be the last house on the system because mm -hmm. i mean you're the because i can't tell you how many times my electronics got fried because in a power outage for some reason that last house just gets that surge even oh more. yeah so now it's them but here I'm imagining they're going to build this little, you know, cute little farmhouse like the rest of us have. No, it's a fucking McMansion with a shop that looks like they're going to park like airplanes in it. It's huge. And it's got these big bright lights. And so I'm like, oh, must be urban refugees living their farm dream. No, it turns out it's another farmer from uh, Walla Walla side of the border who is just very wealthy. And he, he decided he wanted to really live over here, I guess. And so I haven't had a chance to meet him yet, but one day um, he was growing canola over there too while his house was being built. And I had my pool set up and, um, and I went out to my pool and I hear this huge buzzing. It just sounded huge. And I get over there and there's literally thousands of bees in my pool. It looked like Lake Havasu for bees. They were what? partying. They were doing keg stands. They were, uh, you know, flashing each other. <laughs> there was just fucking bees everywhere. Sounds bee and so I look over. I'm like, where did these bees come from? Because, you know, I have bees put into my orchard. So do my neighbors. And, you know, 
we might get a few bees, but you know, you put water out by them and they stay by their boxes. So I'm looking around and I noticed my neighbor has some bee boxes by his driveway, which as the crow flies is less than a football football field length from my pool. And I'm like, damn it. So I drive over there. Sure enough, the bees were coming from him. They put no water out for these bees. And, um, and there was 132 boxes. Like, this is a, I, I had four boxes in my orchard. He had 132 over there. And so I send Jeff over because I, I probably would not have handled it well with him. Mm-hmm. And so Jeff goes over and he, and, um, and, uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, we're getting a lot of bees over there. Can you, can you do something about it? And the guy actually looked at me and said, well, you have to understand you live in farm country and this is farming. Oh, wow. And uh, my Jeff was like, sir, I grew up farming. I grew up working on ranches. And if you say that's my wife, it's going to go over like a lead pipe because you have no clue who she is. <laughs> and I'm not, not trying to say I'm really big, but, you know, my background here. Right. And uh, I realized my small farm, farm is small, but it's production, too. And then finally, his wife was like, honey, um, I think they're right, because she right then tried to feed their or give their little yapper dog some water and like 30 bees immediately shot for it. And so he's like, OK, yeah, I, I'll, I'll give the bees some water and then I'll move them in a few days. But you have to understand, this is how it's going to be living out here. This is farm country. And Jeff's like, yeah, whatever. So sure enough, as soon as they put water out, I have not had a I didn't have a bee on, in my pool again. And I was just like, you know, what? some people. They really forget that they, especially when they're farming close to town, they really do need to have a little bit of better people, people skills to explain things. Because I can tell you, <laughs> like, he's on strike two with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been a night Michelle's, like, sharing everything. My new neighbors, my dad, you know, my childhood best friend who sucks now. What else can we talk about? <laughs> I'm I'm still like putting together the bee box and bee box. Okay. <laughs> bee boxes. Okay. So bees. Some crops require fertilization from bees. So you have these dudes, and I can't remember their names. And someone wait, just wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Some crops require fertilization from bee. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. continue. I'm dumb. You know, the whole birds and the bees thing. Yeah. I probably should say the word pollination, but you have to guys remember, I'm really a livestock person. I just fell into orchards. Yeah. And so, um, yes, so they put the bees in these little boxes where they make their hives, and they transport mm-hmm. them to different places. So, like, I will ha- contract out with a guy. He will bring his bees. His bees cause my boy trees to get my girl trees pregnant. It's a little bit more, but again, I'm a livestock person, so I'm putting it in livestock terminology or okay. baby terminology. Free and daddy free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so the bees go around and they collect the honey and sell the honey. I mean, they get a good racket. Not only are they paid to bring out their bees and their bees get free food and water from you, then they get to sell the honey and make even more money. So are they bee boxers? <laughs> <laughs> and so the bees literally are kept in boxes. And, you know, it's funny. My son, I remember when he was young, like, you know, in school, they asked him, well, 
where do bees come from? And the correct answer was a hive. And he got it wrong because he put bee boxes down as the answer. <laughs> you couldn't tell me he's, he, that that's a farm kid for you, like completely or California farm kid. Cause obviously you guys might not, must not have people that drive around trucks of bees <laughs> like we do out here. I should learn to beat box. You know, box. <laughs> what is it called when you keep bees? Bees. <laughs> the beekeeper i know there's there's like some cool guys on twitter that are up in canada that are like bee man oh i know there's, he's awesome yeah he's cool as fuck yep so okay i dominated tonight i'm it on is. fire no we're good <laughs> um right, we'll do one more tweet one so more i'll tweet. choose one yep all right so doo -doo -doo, which one should i do um <laughs> We might as well end on an uplifting note. The idea that porn is cheating is beyond stupid. The mood to masturbate is not the same as the mood to have sex. It's like saying DoorDash is cheating because you should only be buying dinner with your partner. You also tagged this one because you want to discuss it. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm definitely pro-masturbation. <laughs> I would not touch anything in Conrad's house unless you shine a light on it. <laughs> oh that's that yeah maybe maybe the base ultraviolet light right yeah black light walking around checking things out um this house will never sell so <laughs> <laughs> um like it's on the microwave <laughs> you know if you're if you're doing it to avoid uh you know having contact with your partner and and that becomes a habit i don't think that's healthy um like if you're deliberately avoiding them or whatever i mean you probably need to resolve the issue and i think that's i think that's where this tweet comes from like somebody was in a relationship where the person would rather masturbate than have sex with them um and that you know doesn't feel very good right so I, I, whenever I see a tweet or a post like that, I that's what goes through my head is that, well, there's a personal experience there and the person's frustrated and trying to, you know, and they're venting or whatever. But I, I think it's a little bit weird um, that, you know, in 2021, we're still, you know, freaked out about masturbation, I guess. When it's everyone, such like an archaic thing to I guilt know. somebody about. Well, it was, uh, I mean, I can remember being in high school and, you know, basically no one admitted to doing that. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to college and there's like three shower stalls in the bathroom in the frat house, separate shower stalls. And like, you know, I, I can't tell you the number of times I'd lean out the stall and no soap in my hair, but my hands are all sunsy. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, you know, people running around the bathroom, whatever, you know, and I don't care. Um, no one gives a shit at a frat house. <laughs> so you go, yeah, so you go from one extreme to the other. But look, it's a natural thing. It happens and um, I think that, uh, you know, Bo Burnham said it yes, uh, uh, said it best, you know, if, if God some people I've actually had people tell me, well, I don't do that because God is watching and, God doesn't you know, care. yeah, God doesn't care. God, God doesn't think masturbation is obscene. He thinks it's the weirdest fucking thing he's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
hatred I've ever really had for pornography. But like, I'll admit, when I was younger, man, my poor high school boyfriend, I got really pissed at him. Like, turned out he was looking at Playboys. But I was just young and inexperienced, and like, you know, having that Catholic guilt I grew up with. But as I get older, the only time porn pisses me off is when my partner and not my current one, so like throwing shade there, would pay for it. Don't pay for it. It's free on the internet. You don't have to pay anywhere. And the worst thing I would do is like, I'd be looking at our bait statement and like there was this recurring 99.99 every month Ooh. fee for some like European porn website trying to be hidden from me. And I'm like, and that's the only time porn pisses me off. Yeah. I, as far as porn goes, I mean, so I have a couple of thoughts there. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't like the po- I don't like porn that depicts people, uh, younger people, you know, oh, yeah. adolescents, that type of thing. Yeah, we talked um, about that a few yeah, weeks, months okay. ago. So uh, I'm not a, you know, and I'm not a particular. Uh, after that, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't want to like. If some people are able to keep from being a terrible person, or you know, by you know, being in a dominate BDSM, stuff like that, porn, but they don't, you know, feel comfortable doing it in real life. I mean, I, I get that, you know, and, and that's, I think that's perfectly fine and normal. Um, I think the biggest thing is you have to watch out. Porn is just like anything else. Too much of it is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, too much alcohol is a bad thing. Too much, of anything is a bad thing and porn is no different um you can get addicted and spiral down a terrible hole with that or worse yet escalate um your fantasies if you're addicted to a fantasy and that type of thing so there it's not without fault there is there are issues oh yeah but it's you know so there's issues with alcohol too and you know again you have to kind of watch it be responsible um you know jerk off with the lights off people (laughs) that's it (laughs) that's just great advice to end the show off (laughs) lights off off. so (laughs) because then god can't i never gonna press lights off in my house again (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, your ancestors can see you if the lights are on. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, no, good show. Good to talk to you again. It's been too long. Sorry, I started going off about, you know, neighborhood drama. <laughs> no, it's great. So, um, well, folks, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for tuning back in we're gonna get our next program out in a lot more timely manner yeah and we have something lined up and yes we do thank you to our new sponsor yes quartzite q-u-a-r-t oh i can't spell it off the top of my head but quartzite <laughs> we're gonna tag E-Z-I-T-E. there you go and we have to put in our show notes the website don't forget i won't forget um send me the website it's, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I said it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm, Brain fart. It's um, uh, la, 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 la. quartzite. 
quartziteriskmanagement.com backslash no shit. So yeah, I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll text it to you right now. <laughs> we well, we will. Uh, we'll get. Uh, we really hope everybody tunes in um, next time. And uh, thank you for tuning in this time. Uh, once again, you know, um, we uh, we appreciate your patience, and um, I think that's I think that's it. <laughs> Thank you, Conrad. I better go make sure my house isn't destroyed. All right, bye. Thanks, bye.